I brought my crochet in just in case. I don't know why I brought it. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. When, when I first started, well, not crocheting, but when I first started um, podcasting, I'll bring a notebook so I can draw whilst I'm podcasting. And I think that's like an ADHD thing as well, because it's like, you want to, you focus, you want you have to like focus on two things to focus on the one thing. Yeah. And like, it, no, crochet away, babe. Like it, it helps with like, like, well, just structure. It's yeah, really okay. interesting. Oh my God, that's so good. Thank wow. You. Make it, oh my God, amazing. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I, I got into, have you seen wire wrapping? No, what's that? It's like, um, so you get like a crystal or a stone and then you wrap wire around it. I'm sure if I showed you a picture, you would recognize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like how some people have it as like necklaces. Yeah, I got into that and like, it's annoying because I guess it's another ADHD thing. I loved it and then I got over it. Yes, that's, that's ADHD. But I have, since taking my medication, I've got into crocheting and I've not stopped yet. Oh so. my God, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Oh my God, no, I need to get into this episode quick then because like, look at you giving all the tips and tricks. But um, amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm gonna start, okay? Welcome to another episode of DM Talk. This podcast aims to promote well-being and assist healing, whether that be physically, mentally, or spiritually. Ultimately, we just want to be seen in our entirety, and this podcast is to show listeners how multifaceted they are. We're all the centre of our own universe, so why don't we do more to better our own existence? <laughs> no, thank you for that because I needed it. Like, it's so funny because this is literally, I'm probably recording for what? This is like the 40th time or like maybe the 38th time that I've ever recorded. And I still stutter around my bloody intro. And it's just like, what? Like, I literally know this. I know this. But um, we move. Um, anyway, um, hello, everyone. I um, hope you guys are having a lovely Sunday. I am um, really excited for this conversation today. I am joined by, uh, how do I even describe you? You are such a great being. Like, you're funny, you're charismatic, you're, you're not even just a little bit funny, you're actually hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, so day at work, we started putting, I'm sorry, I'm just completely going off track. That's fine. We started, um, like validation pockets in the staff room. Yeah. So I've got like a little note of validation in for people whenever they want. Yeah. And I got one today that said, You're so unintentionally funny, your facial expressions kill me. And I'm like, <laughs> you saying I've got a funny face? Well, <laughs> I get it. Because <laughs> someone could say something and like your face will say it all. Do you know what I mean? Like someone could say something and you'd be like, Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> And it's just so funny. And like your little giggle as well. <laughs> like I think like, I think working with you was eight, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, you know, when you have a friend that you're gassed to see at work and like, yeah, if you're yeah. on the same shift with them, you're like, yeah, 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 let's get it, let's get it. <laughs> like, it was just like that, but it also bloomed to lovely friendship. Cause I feel like you taught me a lot. I taught you a lot. Do you know what it is? It's when we used to go on the bus together. We used to get the bus home and that's where it develops. Yeah, yeah. And then we realised we had mutual friends. But I haven't even bloody said your name yet. Oh, my God. Welcome <laughs> to the virtual stage, to the incredible, to the magnificent, to the beautiful crocheter, Eve. Eve, Eve, Eve. Uh, 
But um, yeah, I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so happy. Thank you. And welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's nice because like you're all now you're always listening to podcasts and now you are the person on the podcast. How do you feel? I feel famous. <laughs> you are. <laughs> um, I feel really excited. Mm-hmm. Do, you know when you're, do you know when you're like walking along the road, listening to a podcast, and then you just think about, oh, if I was on this podcast, I'd say this, this, and this. It's not happening. <laughs> exactly. Look at you manifesting it. And yeah. like, I think today as well, um, this week we're going to be talking about ADHD. And I think like it will be so good to have a, a thought out discussion with um, someone who has gone through the process of getting diagnosed and how, like, what is life? in the ADHD, what is life in the ADHD sphere that I'm slowly understanding, but also you understand. And it's just like, oh, there's so many questions. There's so many bloody questions, you know? And I think as women as well, like, because there's such an underrepresentation of women, um, I mean, women have ADHD, but they just don't get diagnosed as quickly as boys or they get diagnosed at later in their, in their adulthood. And it just shows you like, how much we've been raw dogging life <laughs> oh yeah yeah raw raw dogging life <laughs> we've been raw yeah. dogging life yeah and honestly like raw like i don't even know what to say it's yeah. a lot it's, shit, it's, like, it's like a lot of the symptoms in girls is really different to the symptoms in boys yeah uh, so then it's like it gets just like palmed off as things like pms anxiety. yeah and it's like, Jesus Christ, if I'd known this when I was in school, oh my gosh. A lot like, of things would have been different. So much easier, so much different. Oh my gosh. Honestly. And I was thinking just then when you were saying about, um, I can't remember, I can't fucking remember. <laughs> ADHD. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, it is truly, like, I was about to say, like, it's become my personality. Yeah. But it has been my personality. Like my personality yeah. always said, I've got ADHD. But I just didn't know what it was. It was just my personality. Yeah. And now I'm like, now my personality is to be like, oh yeah, yeah, sorry about this part of my personality. I, I'm not apologizing for it. <laughs> but like talking about ADHD, everyone fucking knows I've got ADHD now because I won't talk about it. Yeah, but I'm happy that you well well actually you know what we'll get more into it in decoding the messes. I'm happy that you did because because of you, I felt more comfortable and I'm sure other people felt more comfortable at learning what their own relationship with ADHD is. Because it's like, it's that thing, like I know people get annoyed about, um, you know, infographics, like generalizing or simplifying like conditions. It's like, okay, I understand why you're pressed about it, but equally for the people who are actually experiencing these things, they can make sense of them and they can make feel related and not feel so isolated in life, you know? But um, yeah, no, we're going to save that. We're going to save that, including the messes, right? First um, nomination. No. Ah, look at me getting all jittery and stuff. But that means our first I'm segment. Pardon? I'm making an effort. A little bit, a little bit. I'm getting gassed. I've got, I'm blushing. <laughs> but um, no, that takes us to our um, first segment. And that's the divine. The divine is um, a segment where we nominate a good thing, something that has shown light. And I, this week, want to nominate just ballroom culture. Like, I absolutely love it. I think it is, like, incredible, innovative, 
pioneer. It's literally the baseline for everything that we love in society. And honestly, I'm obsessed. I've been like, I've been watching nonstop just different forms of like voguing. And like, I'm trying to decide which one's my favorite, but I started this dance class, um, which is Vogue Femme. And that's very like fluid and very soft and very like, um, well, it can be actually very dramatic. You know, when people do dips and you just see them like jump into their back and you're like, whoa, like I need to stretch like you. I, I just found it really, really helpful. I think it's helping me with my confidence. It's helping me trust my body more. Um, I've also been watching this show called Legendary. And Legendary um, is on HBO. It's an American show. But it's just like a snippet into ballroom culture. And it does um, different houses compete for different prizes. And the... Wait, no, actually, that's wrong. So different houses compete for the grand prize of a hundred thousand pounds, right? And it's lovely because it's like ballroom culture, like houses, voguing, all of this stuff. Like they've been doing this since what the nineteen nineteen seventies or like the early something, some period in the nineties in New York, like for cash, for um, status, for. Um, celebration for love for abundance for all of these different things and this snippet of them in like a mainstream um platform just showcases how beautiful that artwork is and like there's so many like powerhouses that are on this show so you've got um uh leomi what she's called also known as like mother amazon she's literally like an icon like a pioneer in voguing and seeing her being able to like go through what she's gone through and be a judge on this show because it's obviously her right it's just so like i'm so proud of her like do you know what i mean it's like her faith pardon is it a competition show yeah it's a competition show okay nice sorry i yeah. probably should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> but um yeah it's just a really i really really enjoyed it like i know it got a little bit of criticism just because um, who's that babe who's also in The Good Place? I think her name's like Jamelia Jamil. Oh, Jamil Jamil. Jamil. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but... Um, I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, she exactly. she's a, um, a guest. Um, Pardon? I just tried to say her name again, and I can't remember her name. <laughs> let's, let's not even try. But basically, she... Oh, my God, I nearly just got taken out by my mic. But um, she was a guest judge. On the, no, she's a judge on the show. And I know there's a lot of people being like, what the fuck, why is she a judge? But the show... One thing I do say, the show um, celebrates the contestants and centres the contestants a lot more than the judges. Like, I think the show allows the um, contestants... To, you see their history, you see their art form, you see their practice, you see so many different sides of them. I'd say it's probably like 80% contestants, 20% judges. Um, but yeah, I found it very, very entertaining and I loved it. And it's definitely inspired me to vogue more and just practice. And I just want to say thank you to Ballroom Culture because it's honestly like the most creative, colourful thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. So that's my nomination. Yeah. I love it. I honestly love it. Like I'm literally there in my room, like do do do, like trying to do old old wave, baby what? steps though. <laughs> um, what? Pardon? That's very strange. Yeah. Obviously, I've been thinking about what I'm going to nominate. Yes. And um, this is this is genuine. This is not just because you said that. Okay. This is so weird. I want to nominate. Sink. 
I just want to nominate dancing. Is that weird? Isn't that weird? Is that fucking weird? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, because I was thinking about it. Like, I've um, been on a week off from work, which oh, I needed. I'm also nominating my fucking holiday because I'm not oh. on a week off in November. I'm nominating that as well. Damn straight. Um, well done. Yeah, but I, I've been... I've been off for five days and I've been mm-hmm. on three nights out. Um, and obviously been dancing. I just fucking love dancing. Yes. Like, as you probably know, anyone who knows me knows I love a boogie. Love a boogie. And this is your move. <laughs> 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 I know, I know, I know. Literally, I just fucking love dancing so much. And like, but I don't like, obviously, you know, I don't dance as in like, I don't, well, I dance. Yeah. You, know, I dance. you I dance. I don't do dance classes. I've never, mm-hmm. I did like ballet and tap when I was little and then had to stop because of like disabled and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, I love just, just dancing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I'll be in work and I'll just start fucking. Like, I just love like going out and just spending the whole night just dancing. Honestly. I just think it's so freeing. It really is. And like, and if I, I don't understand how people can, listen to a song and not just be bopping honestly like like no you're so right yeah i just love it and i was just thinking about like how nothing in life makes me happier than a good song coming on and just having such a good boogie yeah and like dancing to dance of course it's literally it's just what you enjoy to do what if you want to sway if you want to jump if you want to twerk like just do your thing like i think like Everybody can appreciate dancing because it's literally just extension, you know, like you're just moving. And I think like dancing, especially as someone who literally dances nonstop, like I literally, I'm like, I don't even have to explain it. Like I've got the excitement of a rabbit or like I've got the excitement of like an eight-year-old child when it comes to dancing. Oh my God, did you see that video of that um, kid in the disco? And he's like, boom, boom, boom. Have you seen it? Oh my god, it's so funny! I'll send it to you afterwards. Yeah, There's like no, this, I think I have, and he's got rhythm. He's like a he's yeah. like a seven year old white boy. He says, mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, "Did that girl?" And she's like, "I think she's like at a birthday party or something." And yeah. she's like, on a bouncy castle. I fucking love that. I sometimes I watch that. I'm like, that is me. Honestly, and I just love it because like dancing is. It's like what you said. It's just it's so freeing, and you can like really just lose yourself in motion. Like I remember, even though I dance all the time, like I remember like when we were in lockdown, I was really sad about um like you know when you go out and you can just really just get down you can really shake and stuff and like obviously I dance at home, but there's something about going to a club and you haven't. Like, you haven't seen the DJ in a while, you haven't heard the music for a while. Like it's just a little bit different. And you're in that place where every single person around you is also dancing. Exactly. Like, oh, God, I, like, long for it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. In lockdown, that was one of the things that got me down the most. Like, the yeah. fact that I could in that environment of, like, just where the energy is just so... Oh, so <laughs> I love good. that. I love how we are so in sync. Like, yeah. it just shows that you just be like to move. But then actually, you yeah. know what? It's quite funny because this can be a great segue to our um, next segment, Decoding the Messes. So Decoding yeah. the Messes is where we unpack something that we consider mess, whether that be online and offline. And this week we're going to be talking about ADHD. Um, I bring up dancing because it's like, I think ever since I was a child, I was dancing, right? Like I literally came out of the room, like snapping my finger. 
Like I yeah. literally, I was moving. And like, even I went out fairly recently to this group to, and I met these group of people that I'd never met me before. Well, they know me, but we've never met in the physical like space. And um, they're like, Sarah, you just love to move. And I'm like, I know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be like 80, still popping and locking and just like doing all these like different things. I will. No, I'm you know, because it's so freeing. But then also I think like, is I think that must have been like another manifestation or physical like a manifestation of ADHD because it's like someone has so much energy, they need to expel it. So let me just do it dancing. Let me do it with a bit of a bop. Let me do it with a bit of a movement. Yeah, I think there's something to it as well with the whole, like, I, I don't, I'm sure this is ADHD. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, not really having much shame kind of thing. So, like, we went out um, the other night and it was my friend had was in a drag competition. Mm-hmm. And the competition started at, like, 7.30. We got there. It was in, like, it was in Brewers at 7.30, it was like club vibe, but everyone was sober and it was 7.30. Mm-hmm. And I got there and the second I walked in, I just started dancing. And like, I've been dancing for ages and I kind of looked around and I realized no one else was dancing. Everyone was just around chatting. And like me and like, I think like two of my friends were literally just there like the whole time, like boogieing the whole time, waiting for this competition to start. And yeah, I was like, I just don't give a shit that no one else is dancing because I am, I'm here, I am, Love it. And like, you know, when like people at work are like, when I'm just like dancing at work, people are like, oh my God, you're so funny. Like, or like, no for the customers, like whatever. I'm just like, get me a, get, bang them tunes up. I'm dancing. I'm ready. Like when the vibe bit shit at work, I'm literally just like, yeah, let's go. And like customers are like, oh my gosh, me and um, Danny were... Um, Proud Mary came on the other day, and we were literally there at the door, like da da da. And this, like, <laughs> I love that you guys with us. It was so funny. Oh my god, no, so I love that. But like, funny. it's interesting as well because like, it's two things. I think it's just the sheer enjoyment, you know, that you're able to like express and release through dancing. But then it's true about the shame thing because like. Well, the lack of shame thing, because like people will be like not in front of customers. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's calm. Like, and also this customer is going to be in and they're going to be out. Like, I, it's not, it's not resisting to me to move. And it's not unprofessional for me to move. You know, this is another reason why I need to be in a job, which is, I mean, if I'm self-employed, I'm self-employed, sick. But if I'm in a job, I need to be active because something for me, sitting on a computer or sitting down for x amount of time is my version of hell yeah i get you but you know if i get an office job though i'm still going to be like blasting that music and bopping in my chair that's true <laughs> that's true you can learn to do some footwork do that do some stepping but um <laughs> no i just find it really really interesting um do you think as well well i mean t- talk to me how when did you um sort of notice that you might have ADHD or that you have ADHD? Well. Story time. Well, <laughs> well so I've always been, like, there's always been something where I've always been like, oh, I don't know, I'm like a bit different to mm-hmm. people. Like, emotionally, I just, like, things are different mm-hmm. and I remember just like really early on things I remember having like this argument with my mum and there's this thing that I do in arguments 
that turns out I've now found is an ADHD thing mm-hmm. where I, I can't let an argument lie. Like I have to, it has to be sorted. Mm-hmm. Like, so I have an argument with my mum and I just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be, and I'll be like, oh, and just by the way, and like, oh, and oh, and can we just like, and I remember my mum just shouting like to my dad or something. We had like this really bad argument. I was like really little mm-hmm. and she said, it's like she's got fucking ADHD or something like mm-hmm. that bad. um and like I remember that when she said that I was like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um and then she now like says about that like I feel so bad because it actually was like true and like I was just said it heat in moment anger mm-hmm. and then like I was on the bus with um my friend um like a few years ago and we were like I, th- I think I was like really pissing him off I think he was mm-hmm. really both I was just being really like annoying mm-hmm. uh, and he was like oh my god it's like you've got fucking ADHD and then like two times people have said it to me and I've been like I remember saying to him don't say that because people have said that to me before and it really stresses me out mm-hmm. and I've always had this I've had this personality my whole life mm-hmm. that people are annoying yeah and like my- literally <laughs> and I've always been it's been that thing that if people ever say I'm annoying it really gets me mm-hmm. like because I'm like why does everyone say I'm annoying mm-hmm. like now I know it's ADHD yeah but this, that's something my whole life yeah been like and I'll get I would I remember I'd always get in these moods where I'd be like really really overexcited mm. a bit and I'd know that I'm annoying people mm. and this is why everyone calls me annoying turns out that was just ADHD do mm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. um but so the reason then I got diagnosed is because, so it's exactly what you were talking about before with the whole infographics on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So Ellie, do you know Ellie? Um, not too sure. Maybe if I saw their face, I would... Re- oh, what? Blonde. Fr- block fringe. She put on um, her Instagram story, she kept putting infographics about ADHD and every time she put them on I was like mm, that's not ADHD that's everyone everyone gets that yeah and then I'd go on these like meme pages and I'd read through them I'd be like hang on this is my whole personality this is my whole life mm-hmm. I remember messaging at one point like I'm getting a bit stressed now because these memes you keep sharing I can relate to everything and I was looking at them and thinking that is me does everyone not get that mm-hmm. uh, and then she was saying oh you should look into getting diagnosed and then me and Jack did a like just an online quiz um do you know one where you like on a like on a scale from one to ten do you yeah, yeah. Like answer these questions like like unlikely very unlikely whatever that kind of thing sorry did a hiccup no don't worry I, if you see I literally every time I go like this I'm like <laughs> it's when you talk so much it gets gassy honestly um, but yeah so he um so me and him did this quiz and every single question I was like very likely very likely mm. very likely. and every single one he was doing because I anyone who knows Jack knows me and him are like opposites opposites yeah yeah and everything he was like never 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 and we did it and then I was literally like but then you had to pay to see your results oh like, bastards oh. <laughs> but literally like at the end of it like nah like I've answered every single one of these is very likely yeah I was like looking at symptoms on like NHS website or something and I was like yeah this is all me mm. so I called my GP and mm. I was like I did an online quiz and I think I might have ADHD mm. and basically that was pretty much all I did and she went okay I'm gonna put a referral in 
Mm. And then I got an, a form that I had to fill out in the post. Mm. Uh, and I had to fill it out. Someone who I lived with now had to fill it out, so Ben filled it out. And then someone who I lived with when I was a child had to fill it out. Mm. So my mum and dad filled it together. Um, and then basically all of them, again, all the answers were very likely or likely, mm. um, sent it back. And then literally within a few weeks, I had a like a Zoom call with a doctor mm. And he was literally just like watching me on Zoom and he literally was just like, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind you've got ADHD. Mm. But I just want to say that that was what happened. That was how I got diagnosed. And then I like literally went on medication like two weeks later or something. Mm-hmm. That was how I got diagnosed. But I know for a fact that that is like a rarity and I mm. don't know why. Like for me, it took from like February to like, I'm going to say April. So like mm-hmm. two months. The whole process mm. I know that no one else has had that experience I don't know why I was so lucky because mm. so many people I've spoken to so many people about it since and so many people are like yeah I've been told it's a five-year waiting list mm. like oh like I asked for a referral I'm still waiting a year later yeah like I don't understand what happened with me and, and how it's I like I guess I don't know, there's so many reasons, but I'm very glad that you were able to have that process because like, that's how it should be done. But when you, let's say like with me, I've tried to be um, referred by my doctor, but my doctor, well, let me start again, actually. So have you heard of Psychiatry UK? No. So basically Psychiatry UK are an independent company within the UK um that do ADHD and autism um referrals or um uh like not sorry I forgot the word <laughs> I was about to say like what is it when you get like like diagnosis diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm all over today but I mean this to say like Psychiatry UK are an independent um, company that are able to do diagnoses for ADHD and um, autism right and I actually found them through TikTok right so I went to my doctor and I told them about this ADHD but they also gave me these examples of oh um, it's going to take a long time etc etc so then when I found Psychiatry UK I had to sort of advocate for myself with this independent independent like company and I had to say to them like look I understand that you might not be able to do the um, sorry I realised I've got salt on my hair and I was just taking it out you know ocean salt <laughs> I know, like I was like, if anybody looks the, looks at the visuals, I hope they don't think I have dandruff. I've like, got salt in my hair. But, um, I've not got my glasses on. So. Okay, sick. But um, basically, um, I had to go to my um, GP and advocate for myself with this external company, and I had to say to them that you guys need to go and give the green light to Psychiatry UK because of my right to choose. Um, so I can get diagnosed with ADHD. That was probably in maybe October or maybe, um, what? how long ago was that? It was winter last year, winter last year. And we're in March now. So you can see that it takes a long time. But I know people that have gone to try and do it privately and they end up having to spend two grand 
on like the process and then on top of that because they did it private they have to pay for their medication as well and I just find it very frustrating because it just shows you how there's so many obstacles within the healthcare system that like deny people of, of getting their right diagnosis or having that conversation and even yeah. earlier like you were talking about um uh being annoying being annoying like I was also described as that I was also described as being too much you know being too energetic you know and like I found it very deflating so it was like right who am I so who do I chill with in it so if I'm being overly energetic let me just hang around with people that just accept me or are just as energetic so I don't have to hear this um criticism all the time and it's very frustrating because I think as you grow up as well you start you don't realize it but you do start to internalize those messages that is being sent out to you because it doesn't matter if it's a school friend or a parent or a teacher or etc it's like okay so how can I just accommodate myself so that I can um look after myself but also not be influenced for the environment around me and it can make you quite isolated as well because you don't really want to um talk to people who don't understand you or who are going to complain about what mood you get I also want to say, like, as well, I think um, I noticed that I was a very proactive child growing up, but also, like, I was a black child in a predominantly white area. Like, if you're calling me destructive, are you calling me destructive because I am ADHD, like, because I have ADHD or is it because I'm black? You know, like, how can you um, show that? So I didn't trust the people that were also criticizing me what well, I'm talking about from a teacher perspective because it's like I I didn't have anybody like advocating for me like I only had to advocate for myself and it was very like um isolating because it's just like how do I um well just look after myself you know we're young we're we're young we want to enjoy life we want to enjoy school but then when you hear these criticisms about yourself that other people aren't getting you don't know what to believe because it's like I don't know if this is from the fact that you're racist or the fact that I'm just too angelic yeah yeah I get you it's very confusing but I also think that like with ADHD as well it just shows you how like the conversation has been centered so much around like white boys when they were like children um that it doesn't really give room for anyone who looks like that. And like, that's why so many women get diagnosed when they're older. Um, yeah. Because yeah, they just, they don't have a freedom because let's say if we looked a bit like similar to Tommy in school, then maybe we would have had people check in on us, you know? Yeah. That's the thing as well. Like it's always, it's like a trope of like with um, girls who have ADHD in sports, like they're always the one who's like the overachiever. Mm. but so so like getting great grades things like that but also getting in trouble struggling um like to maybe like reach deadlines like I got in so much trouble for like struggling to like always being late always being late Mm. to homework always being like loud in class like always like arguing with teachers things like that Mm. but then because I was also getting really good grades I think like no one picked up on it Mm. and it's like how I look at and I find out about things about symptoms in girls like symptoms in young girls and things like that and like oh my fucking god it was so obvious and mm. I'm so frustrated that it wasn't picked up um I know my my mum said that she feels really bad about the fact that they didn't know mm. uh, because it was always when I was little 
everyone always knew, knew me as like Crazy Eve. Like mm-hmm. I used to be called Crazy Evie by like mm-hmm. a family. Um, and like it was just a thing that I was just like mad, full of energy, hilarious, mm-hmm. things like that. It was like all of that was ADHD. Yeah. Uh, but and but I was like to my mum, like you, they're not the ones to be picking up on it because they see just their child. And exactly. Their child, Teachers should know. Teachers see different kids constantly. They should be able to pick out, oh yeah, this one's got ADHD, this one's got autism. They should then be the ones I, I personally think. One hundred. I've seen other children like this before. This is typical of this. Maybe mm. you should get about it like do you know what I mean 100% because the thing is teachers have like we're not the only student that they're teaching you know they're going to be able to identify patterns a lot quicker than a child or someone's parent because that's the thing I think like as a parent you're going to be biased you're going to look after your child you know and like obviously obviously with um teachers they only see them in like a specific setting so it's like oh they're going to see them in school they're going to see them how they interact with their classmates they're going to see them with their deadlines you know like that is a lot more different than being at home where you have the freedom to just sort of exist you know and I think like especially with teachers they have so much like they have duties of care to their students they have to be um proactive with sort of understanding that they're accommodating to so many different students so whether that's like a different culture or whether that's like being neurodivergent like I'm sure that you learn about it on your way to teaching do you know what I mean like it it can't have been like you got to teach a class and that's when you start learning about ADHD and autism or anything about neurodivergency I, I don't believe it they must do because I know that um, Jack's mum's a head teacher, and I know that because I've had conversations with her about it. Mm-hmm. And I know she has put children forward and said, like, like said to people's parents, like, I think your child has this. Yeah. Like, you look into a diagnosis. So surely they must know. Exactly. One teacher doing it, then surely they all must. I guess. Have I have some. I guess, like, a lot of people go down the wayside, you know, because, like, teachers aren't... I mean, teachers are people, and I know definitely when I was in that, um, like, uh, all-girls school, I definitely saw the problems within the student... Well, problems within the teachers um, a lot more than other classmates because I was a boarder. So, like, I would see these people... I mean, I'd see these teachers as people, but I'd also see their flaws a bit quicker. And I think, like, because of that, I mean, let's say what is racism, they sort of allowed... Like, they didn't want to... They didn't want to give me a chance. They didn't want to give me a try because they didn't really care about my well-being. They just wanted me to do my work and not be too much of a pain for them, you know? And it was really frustrating because I remember I used to get into arguments with teachers and then they would be annoyed at the fact that I'm like, it it was such a weird dynamic. It was such a weird dynamic because I'm there like advocating for myself or a reason I'm advocating for why I'm doing something a certain way, but because it's not neurotypical and it's not similar to them, they are annoyed at it. And I'm like, but it's getting done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm really hoping that school's changed a bit since we were there. Because, like, it's that thing of, like, 
you have to you have to make accommodations for people who are neurotypical and people don't seem to not realize it or not think about it like I literally in work the other day had a meeting with the they've made um a neurodiversity community network mm-hmm. uh, and I went on it and I had like a meeting with them and we were just talking about all of the kind of things that you don't realize in work are actually very ableist mm-hmm. um like very ableist and yeah like, I was actually in a training on Thursday I think it's going to be sent out. Yeah, it was, there was a training from 10 till 12 that I had to practice, that we had like a practice in. um, And then they're going to send that training to everyone. Yes. Yeah, I've heard about that. I was going to see if we could get it like early, like be one of the trial ones as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like it was, it was so fucking mad. Like some of the, especially like, um, because so obviously like I'm supervisor, so I get, I, a lot of the things, a lot of things happen that I'm like, mm, I feel like this would be a lot easier if mm-hmm. I was neurotypical. Like a lot of like the admin shit. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Don't even tell me about fucking admin. Honestly, yeah. I want to bang my head aggressively against the wall. Yeah. And on that um, call though, there was like at least three other people who had been supervisors at different points and had to step down or got mm. demoted. And I was just thinking, like, I'd really like to know what percentage of the people who get demoted from managerial positions are actually neurodivergent and mm. they've got emote, they've got demoted or they've had to step down because of something mm. that that could have really just been an easily been an accommodation to make it more accessible. Exactly. Of, okay, step down. Or okay, you, I'm sorry, you can't handle this this role. You need to be demoted. Mm. Do you know what I mean? One hundred. It's no. It's such a fair point. It's such a fair point because it just shows you how ableist our world is and how, because there's so many like infrastructures that um, sort of just are, they don't accommodate, they just, they just exist. It um, perpetuates this ableist culture. And it's like, if it wasn't for those meetings or if it wasn't for like um, training that people go out of their own to learn independently, they would still be perpetuating the ableist culture, you know? And I find it really interesting because like, well, I think ADHD as well, there's so many symptoms. There's so many different ways that someone will experience some ADHD. Like nobody's ADHD is the same. There might be like patterns in their behavior. Um, like I know that me and you, we've talked a lot about like the energetic factor, but um, have you heard about this like rejection sensitivity oh. in related to ADHD? Uh, yeah, experience it every day. Honestly, rejection sensitivity, like for um, listeners who don't know, is just like the, um, like people with ADHD are going to be more, their rejection sensitivity is heightened. So this just means that they're very, like if they get rejected, they're going to feel it like 10 times more than a neurotypical person because a neurotypical person can like see it as re- rejection and also see like an end to it. Or like that it will leave. But the thing is for for a neurodivergent person or an ADHD person, that rejection will stay in their body. It's so hard. And it will be triggered. Well, I can't, I'm not, I'm speaking for myself, but like it can be triggered by so many different things. And it's it's so draining. Like I in like from a spiritual perspective, I know rejection is like redirection. I know that with my heart and soul. But it's so annoying when my body and my mind are saying completely different things, and that's without and that and then you add bloody intrusive thoughts into the mix. It's just 
it's a whole mess. Yeah, it's literally, I like, example of this recently, it's like, um, my, I kept trying to make a plan with my friend, and mm-hmm. uh, he kept having to cancel on me, um, for like different reasons, and every single one of them reasons was so valid. Mm-hmm. But I like, I think like the fourth time or something, I literally like, was so annoyed. And it was like, literally just that he was ill, and he was like really ill. Mm-hmm. I literally was so upset about it. Mm-hmm. It like, it truly like, ruined my day. Mm. Like I was so, and I just, I had such a big argument with him. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's all completely valid. Mm-hmm. And it's all, like, we ended up seeing each other like a few days later. Mm. It wasn't like a, oh no, never, fuck off, mm. I hate you. But in my mind, I was like, why am I so worthless? Like blah, 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 blah. And mm. so you can't explain, like, I can't rationalise it. Mm. It just hurts. So no. And then I was like, now I'm causing a problem when it's not, it's not a problem. But mm-hmm. it feels like such a massive problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know what is interesting? Because that's another thing as well, heightened emotions. Oh, yeah. This is something I really wanted to talk about, actually. Like, that's the one thing. So the medication has, um, by the way, for all listeners, <laughs> I'm on atomoxetine, which is the, it's a non-stimulant one. So mm-hmm. because I get bad anxiety. So I'm just going to support you. You know when you're doing that? Clinic? No, go, absolutely. Go, go for it, girl. Go for it, girl. I'm going to one, two. Because I get quite bad anxiety. Um, I'm on the one that's a non-stimulant. Um, so it doesn't heighten my anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so since starting the medication, a lot, of, a lot of things has really changed. I can really mm-hmm. feel different. But this is the one thing that I think has the medication doesn't touch, which mm-hmm. is shit. One of the hardest things about it is that emotional sensitivity. Like, mm-hmm. I... And like PMDD. Mm-hmm. Is that related? Wait, actually, can you explain what PMDD is? Because I've got an understanding, but not like. Okay. I don't actually know what the. I can't think. It's like premenstrual, and then I think mm-hmm. it's depression disorder. Yeah. Or something like that. Um. Sorry. <laughs> it's like it's like PMS with knobs on. Yeah. So like, I, truly, it was like it's like clockwork every month. A week before my period, I have a day where I like, I literally, every single thing affects me so much. Mm-hmm. I often like literally can't get out of bed. I feel so upset. I will have so many arguments with people. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll be so down to a point where like I worry myself, mm-hmm. like, I worry about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a week later, I'll get my period and I'll be like, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> like, and the medication has not touched that it hasn't helped with that mm. and yeah like um, like emotion the emotion thing is that is the hardest like it's every single emotion feels like times 10 mm. and then you get there so it's like if something pisses me off I'll get angry a little like more angry than I probably should mm. and then stuck in anger mm. and and then for at least 10 minutes anything that anyone says I'm like like yeah. for a fight mm. and and then it goes and I'm like shit sorry honestly then, like positive emotions so it's like something will make me happy yeah and I'm stuck at that absolute happiness and it's lovely and it's amazing so that's a really great part of it but it's not even just like you're not just happy you're elated like you're yeah. literally on cloud nine yeah yeah literally so then I'm, I'm excited about something but then sometimes it gets to the point where I'm excited and then I'm so 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 excited that then everyone's like oh my god shut the fuck up do you mm-hmm. know what I mean 
Yeah. Like, definitely been a time, I remember a time in work, um, I was in the staff room and I was just having so much fun in work that day. Like, I don't know what mm. it was, something happening with everything. I found everything so funny. And then, and I was sat there and working, some people were on their break or something. I was finding everything so funny to the point where I then, I think I said something or did something and it was like really inappropriate to someone who was having a bad day. Okay. I was so in, stuck in that everything's mm. hilarious. I just, I, I don't know, I just took it to the nth degree of, oh my God, I'm being a twat. Mm-hmm. And then I apologising to them a few hours later, like, I'm really sorry for some reason, I just couldn't calm myself down. Yeah. And then they like got it, but it's like that thing of, you know, that you're stuck in this place of, oh my fucking God, everything's amazing, everything's mm. hilarious. And I, I can't. I can't bring myself down to match your energy. Do you know what I mean? I was, it's really interesting when you say that as well, because it's like, I think as human, like, as people in it, we aren't responsible for other people's emotions. But as someone who has ADHD and have heightened sensitivity, we are internalising, we internalise the thought process of like, how are we affecting others? And it's really, really strange because it's like, Obviously, we need to be considerate in to that degree, like the example that you said. But also, it's like I like the feelings that are in my body right now can only be understood by people with this condition because, like, I have to interact with people who are neuro- neurotypical, and they're gonna have all their presumptions about me and get influenced or offended or um, appreciate me in certain mood sets, and it's just annoying because it's like I think. When you are neurotypical, you have the freedom to like just exist. But when you're neurodivergent, you have the freedom to explore all these different sides of yourself, but it's always going to be in conflict with the neurotypical around you because they don't understand what you're seeing. Like it it could be something minor. Like I didn't realize that like, okay, so this could be like, oh, I eat because I'm bored. I just thought I eat, I love, I'm a foodie, right? And then I realized that's related to my ADHD. And I was like, what? And it's like, yeah, because you're looking for something to be entertained by. And it's weird because like a lot of people say ADHD people focus on the things that they shouldn't be doing, but they have trouble focusing on the things that they should be doing. And I find it really interesting because it's like, I think people with ADHD are just quite more creative with their approach. Yes, they might long things out when they get done, but when they do get it done, it's come with so much force and so much energy. And I think that's well that's one thing that I struggle with focus and like even though I'm not on um, medication because I haven't been diagnosed yet I've noticed the difference in me if I like was to use CBD compared to if I wasn't and I find it really really interesting I don't know the science of like um how people with ADD or ADHD um rely on like different forms of cannabis of I was about to say cannabis, but like different forms of cannabis to help them. But I also find it really interesting how like if I was to use this component, I'm gonna feel more regulated with my emotions. I'm going to feel more um like I can release my emotions. It's not just pent up energy, you know? And I find it really interesting because like it just shows you how everyone is different, you know? Crazy. Okay, so then that's really interesting about that as well is coffee is actually really good for if you're unmedicated. Um, so like for me, coffee is like if I have so if I've forgotten to take medication, yeah, work, if I have a coffee, it'll make me it'll almost do almost the same effect 
as the medication nearly. Yeah. And a lot of self-medicate. But then one more, and then I'm pushed over the edge and I'm anxious and I feel like shit. Yeah. But like, that little, like, bit of coffee, mm. it, it almost acts like, because it's a stimulant, so it, mm. it acts like that medication for a little bit. So a lot of people, I know a lot of people with ADHD who haven't got medication yet do use it, do use mm. coffee self-medicate but I really want to go back to you know what you said about the um when you eat when you're bored yeah that's the thing that the medication has most affected my life with yeah Uh, and like can I do a trigger warning yeah sure absolutely please 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 so I'm going to talk about trigger warning eating disorders okay and like food um I always like this this eating when you're bored thing I was, until I started medication, convinced that I was absolutely addicted to food. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't understand how other people live their lives not thinking about food 24-7. Mm-hmm. My whole life, it's been like that. I like have always had like arguments with my family where they call me like greedy, mm-hmm. where like we'll be um, like dishing out the food and I'll be looking at everyone else's plates to mm-hmm. make sure that I've got the exact same amount as everyone else. Okay. And they all family arguments because I'd be like oh this person has more than me and they're like why do you give a shit they've got one more piece of pasta than you do you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I'd be like I feel really hard done by if mm-hmm. I have like one less chicken nugget mm-hmm. like and someone can even like offer food I'd be like yes give it me give it me give me all the food mm-hmm. like I would every, every single time I just wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be like even if I like just had my lunch mm-hmm. or something, like I would then if I'm sitting down watching TV, okay, cool. I'm gonna have like a bowl of soup. I'm gonna have some toast, like, mm. to like keep my mouth occupied, mm. up, like occupied. Mm-hmm. Like, I wake up, I go to bed the night before thinking about what I'm gonna have for breakfast. Eat my mm. breakfast, think about then think about tea, and then it got to this place where I then felt always really guilty about the fact that I was always eating. Mm-hmm. So that when I was a teenager, I'd make myself throw up, mm-hmm. like a binge binge, and then make myself throw up loads. And then, like, um, I had, like, I'd always have, it was probably one of the things that affect my mental health so much, especially if I was home alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just be that thing of I'd be sat there having an argument in my mind of, mm. oh, my God, all I want right now is some noodles or all I want right now is a pizza. Mm. But it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not hungry one bit. Mm. I had lunch two hours ago. Mm. I'm going to have my soon but I want another full meal and I'd have an argument in my head like no you don't need to eat but I want to eat but you don't need it you're not hungry blah 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 and I'd always lose and like lose the mm. argument I'd always eat and then always feel so guilty and upset and I stopped making myself throw up when I mm. finished high school or something but but I feel so guilty mm. and I oh my gosh guilty to the point of like I literally hate myself mm. and it was always because of food mm. and like it would always be like anytime I went into town by myself, anytime I went anywhere, anytime I finished work, I walked past the hot dog stand. So I would buy a hot dog because mm. I can. I'd like buy a Greg's, eat it on the bus, and then mm. make the wrapper away so that when I get home, no one knows I've had a Greg's. Like, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm not hungry at all. I know that I'm about to get on the bus, go home, eat my tea, but mm. because I'm walking past the Greg's, I have to go in and buy something. Mm. And it's always that for so long. Turns out it's because. When you've got ADHD, I'm not a scientist, mm-hmm. but when you've got ADHD, your um, dopamine receptors mm-hmm. suck up dopamine too quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. 
So the dopamine doesn't have a chance to release the pleasure mm-hmm. in the body for then you to feel pleasure for a long amount of time, which is mm-hmm. why we do like um, start a hobby and then stop it. Because mm-hmm. that's like the dopamine is it's like a dopamine hit when you first start it and then the dopamine wears off. Mm -hmm. Um, So food gives you a hit of dopamine Mm -hmm. and like drink as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that. Anything that's like that gives you that hit of dopamine. So for me, I was trying to always give myself that dopamine. Yeah. Always eating. Mm. And then since I've taken my medication, it's so, it's crazy. Like, I still love food, and you know me like I fucking love food. Mm-hmm. I love. We love like, a cook. I, Remember when you came round mine and I made that cabbage, and I was oh like, God. "I've got hash browns for you, my darling." So good, so good. But like, I love cooking. I love. Yeah, you're a great cook. Proper <laughs> cook, but um, <laughs> but I still love it all. Yeah. I absolutely love it all. But I'm not now having the constant battle in my head mm. of oh, now I want to eat just to eat. Yeah. I'm, I still, I'm still gonna have my really nice big breakfast. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna have a really creative lunch. Have a really, yeah. creative I still love going out for meals. I still really appreciate food, but I'm not walking. Sorry, I'm not no, walking and going. There's a hot dog stand, so I'm gonna get a hot dog. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not sat, sit, sat there watching TV. Like, what can I put in my mouth right now? Yeah. And I'm not serving out the tea and being really obsessive with the fact that I have to serve it out to make sure I have the same amount as everyone else. Yeah. And that's the really, really, really positive thing. Mm. And I don't, like, I don't hate myself and my relationship with food anymore. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Honestly, because, like, I think, like, you even said earlier, oh, I'm not a scientist, but, like, you're giving literally the raw, the unfiltered experience of what ADHD has been like for you. And, like, you even mentioned something about, like, um this your story as well is showed an example of how we can pick up um like disorders or like other uh mental health uh issues on the way because like as a woman you don't get represented or no as a woman you don't really get much um representation of adhd and then things will lead you or your experiences or your lack of dopamine will lead you into um, seeking those experiences out for yourself. This can let you into a lot of unnerving, like anxiety-ridden situations. This could even lead to depression. It's so many, it's so interesting because it's like, there's so many people with ADHD that have like comorbid- comorbidity. And that just means that they don't just have ADHD, they have ADHD and anxiety. They don't have ADHD, but they have ADHD in this thing. So it just shows you how like, because of the lack of representation and because of the lack of um, advocacy for um, women, they're vulnerable to these different um, experiences to um, in life. And it's it's crazy. Like, even there's a TikToker that I love. I can't remember their name, but I'm sure I'll um, send it to you or like showcase it when the episode comes out. And he really, really helped me with my ADHD or like helped me make sense of my ADHD. Because with me, my mind is like, there's always a conversation, right? Like, if I'm in a conversation with you, that's when it's not having a conversation. And I'll constantly be like sensitive to all these different forms of um, information. And it's made me feel really like um, upset with myself because it's like, people don't think, people like, 
people can have freedom not to think and have a mind just blank. And through meditation, that's really like helped me. But then equally, let's say, um, let's say if I was um, like smoking, right, and I was meditating, that's when like, it's weird, but my body would sometimes be in its best self. But then when I'm not smoking and I'm just relying on um uh, meditation, then I'm really, really struggling with the attention aspect, you know, yeah. because I'm being pulled by all these different things. And it's yeah. annoying because I can see people get annoyed at me for not processing things that they do. And it's like, babe, I've got eight conversations going on in my head. And that's not just the intuitive cues that I've seen around me, yeah. you know? And it's, it's very interesting. Like, you also said something as well about like picking up hobbies and um, starting them and then leaving them and stuff. People don't also talk about an ADHD, how you'll start to dislike your hobby. And it's really, yeah. really sad because it's yeah. like, you'll have so many unfinished projects around you and you they used to call you joy. They used to literally cause you joy. And like now they're causing you frustration, disappointment and angst. Hobbies, it's so sad. Like I, I started wire wrapping, I don't like it. I started painting, I didn't like it. I started drawing, I didn't like it. And now I'm in this place where I need to change, like I'm trying to change my mindset to like things again. And it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm constantly seeking something new and it's jarring. Yeah. It's so bloody exhausting. It's shit as well because it makes you really doubt yourself because so like you spend, you spend money mm. buying shit mm. to like, um, like do your hobby yeah. and then as soon as you get the stuff but then like oh not a fan anymore don't do you know what I mean the money I've wasted on shit that then it, and then it just sits in my drawer waiting for me to actually then want to do it and I'm yeah. like I want to spend money on it and then it's like then I got to the point where I was like oh I realised that that was because of ADHD so then I got to a point where I'm like well I don't want to pick up any new hobbies because I, I'm like doubting myself I'm like I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll really enjoy doing this. And then yeah. my mind will, no, 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 no. Don't spend money on it because yeah. it's ADHD and you'll get it. And then two, in two weeks time, you'll hate it. And then I don't spend money on it. And I'm like, mm, but I could have just learned a new skill then. Do you know what I mean? No, I completely get you. Like my, I'm tr trying to trick myself into things now. So that's when I mentioned those dance classes. It's been helpful because like I'm learning something new, but I'm also being like, um, unintentionally peer pressured because I'm going to a class with people, you know? And like, I think when you do, when you do tasks in front of people or with people, it can like sort of encourage you to like um, do it as well. This TikToker described it as body doubling. And yeah. because it's like, you're able to like, sorry, there's a fly that's annoying me. You're able to sort of um, like mirror even if you're not doing them, doing exactly what they're doing, you're able to mirror the person's actions and therefore it encourages you to get the task done. And like, yeah, it's a lot. Like, I can't lie. I've, I've given up a lot of hobbies. Um, reading isn't the same, which is kind of sad because I used to really enjoy reading. Um, can't do it but yeah like I think podcasting has actually been the only thing that I've been consistent with and disciplined with. But I like that because I think, I mean, I love having a podcast, but then also I'm talking about something new every week. Like I've got a different guest every week. So I'm learning something different. It's not the only um, like repetitive thing is setting up the microphone, you know, like it's not um, as uh, uh, restrictive as a task would be because I'm always learning something new. And yeah, it's really, really helped me. But then equally yeah. saying that, 
if we talk on the flip side with the admin stuff, that also makes me feel a bit on edge. Like, um, I'm sure you've probably seen me post about bloody social media and or like listen to a podcast episode about it. Social media that is like always been like a oh I'm I'm not I don't I don't want the pressure of it. Oh, I've always I don't want to like I'd rather talk to you on text. Yeah, I don't want to give you the pressure of having to be on social media. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and literally, yeah. it's such a thing with like I, like I literally let people know my relationships like quite early on because like I find social media quite overwhelming and I know that that's probably the case for most people but like if you're a podcaster if, if you're a content creator you need to um promote you need to advertise you need to show your that like, you need to just show it in it and like the whole idea of scheduling and the whole idea of like marketing and understanding where the peak times is to post shit it just bores me it just really really like annoys me I find it very like tedious but then equally if I want to be a part of this game I need to play play the rules you know Mm -hmm. so like it's interesting because right now on the actually you know what you guys can have an exclusive I'm in the process of like trying to like like change some of my like uh followers or change some of my listeners to follow me in a different platform so I think I'm going to release a newsletter whether that be monthly or weekly or something it's just something where people can get to know me engage my content engage with like my interests but not just be relied on social media yeah so yeah yeah Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if we, I had any other notes to say to you, but we've had a really good conversation about ADHD, which I've enjoyed. Oh, my last question, actually. So what? So what is life like after diagnosis? I know that's pretty broad, but no, really... I think yeah. I just want to like if we could end coding the messes was just asking or giving advice to people with life after diagnosis. Like, what can help you? What can help others? I think that I. <laughs> This is the thing, like, I don't want to be, like, um, I don't know, is there a stigma about medicating? Because I am just, like, if any advice I want to say is that the medication is the best thing that's ever happened to me. No, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. If you have the chance to go on medication, I don't know if I'm lucky because the first one I tried hit exactly right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on atomoxetine and I'm also on melatonin to help me mm-hmm. sleep. Um, oh my God, sleep. Don't, let's not even talk about it. It's sleep. Sleep, we could do a whole podcast on bloody ADHD and sleep. Shit. I read a thing recently that apparently like the meridian cycle of um, neurodiverse people is from like 3am till like 1pm. But the yeah. meridian cycle for neurotypical people is like 11pm till 7am. Yeah. But so yeah, fucking hell, melatonin has helped so much to the point where like literally, like I keep like spontaneously like staying at my mate's house, mm. and um the first few times I didn't take my melatonin with me and I was truly late in bed awake the whole mm. night, and then I've just started taking my melatonin with me everywhere now just in case I stay over at someone's house, mm. and it just, like out like a light, like I've never slept like it having melatonin. Oh, amazing, man! I need oh. to get that stuff. Shit, son. Yeah, it's because I think no, like I think it's people with autism and ADHD mm. don't release, don't don't produce melatonin or don't produce enough, which is the hormone that makes you fall asleep. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's fucking fabulous. But um, yeah, the medication is just it's just changed everything, mm. and I I feel like 
and and I can feel it when I don't take my medication as well because I do forget. Mm. Um, I try not to, but like I obviously do um, forget quite often. Um, when I've not taken it, it's like my brain is like all of these tangled, like it's like a tangled ball of wool. Mm-hmm. Or like it's so foggy. It's so mm-hmm. hard to connect everything, and it's everything is like douche, douche. It's like. I put a I put a fucking thing on my private Instagram the other day mm-hmm. that was you know that song Merry Christmas Merry Christmas well I think I'm missing this one this year that's what ADHD feels like <laughs> oh my god you're so <laughs> right like just that like brain constantly just go in when I'm on medication it's just like serene oh that sounds beautiful it's like the ball of wool has untangled itself and rolled itself up and it's just in a wool. I say wool because I fucking love crochet, but you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> like you know, them like wire games. That no, I completely like, understand you. Like, yeah. I'm really resonating with what you're saying. Yeah. And like, it, I like, think. just untangled and clear and lovely. Oh, I love that for you. I want to be like that. The, I think, yeah. I don't think there's a stigma. I mean, everybody's different in it. Like everybody has a different relationship with medication. And I think like, um, well, for any listeners, for any people, um, who are thinking about it, just do your research because it's just like knowing what works for you as well. I haven't um, experienced ADHD medication, but I've had medication for like either anxiety or depression that I'm no longer on. And I found it affecting me differently because of, I don't know, my own life. Okay, actually, here's an example. So have you been, have you heard of citalopram or been on citalopram before? No, uh- I've heard of it because I think one of my friends has just started it. So like I, so, okay. So as me, like, you know me, I'm an energetic person, right? Was on citalopram. Oh my goodness Christ. I genuinely thought I was on drugs. Like, I mean, like, as in I was ecstatic. Like I was literally bouncing off the walls. It probably influenced by the fact that like, um, I think I have ADHD as well, but it's the fact that like that rush and that adrenaline was so much for me. You know, and I think like that experience of being on um, a medication for my um, depression at the time, it taught me that I need to regulate my body in like more ways than just one because I'm going to find it really um, overwhelming. It's just going to burn me out, you know. So like I know that um, obviously some things you need medication for, some things you can look for like natural um, alternative like roots and stuff. And I think it's just like learning and researching enough to see what works for you because people can go on medication, they can come off it. People can try different um, uh, natural uh, alternatives, they can come off it. It's just sort of having that diagnosis or having that like confirmation that there's opportunities and things out there that can help you. Can I just say as well, like as a little sidebar, something mm-hmm. that's really about ADHD that's really um, been good to know for me, mm-hmm. and it relates to the whole PMDD thing, mm-hmm. is um, in women, I think, and girls and people like assigned female at birth, um, I, I think it, yeah, the hormones are like, mm-hmm. you're, you're badly affected by hormones with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and hormones can really affect your mental health when you have ADHD, like your hormone levels. I think it can with anyone, but I think it's especially prevalent with people with ADHD. Mm. Um, so that's why a lot of um, people get PMDD, mm. um, because that's your hormone fluctuation. Um, but that's also, it's, it's really explained by the fact that I've never, ever, ever 
found a contraceptive that has mm. worked for me ever, mm. not once. Every single time I've ever taken any kind of medication that mm. has a hormone, it has really fucked me up, mm. absolutely fucked me up mentally, physically, every single thing about it. Mm. It's I, I cannot do anything with my hormones. And so like the only, the only contraception I can get now is the coil. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very hard to get like you have to you, you're not allowed to get it through your GP it's really mm-hmm. random oh really um, oh. yeah yeah you have to go specifically to a sexual health clinic and then obviously in Manchester the waiting time for sexual health clinics and also there's the whole thing of like I've got ADHD so I can't be asked to make an appointment do you know what I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if you, do you know what's so funny like even with when people have ADHD it's like okay so like I've got an appointment at three that means everything before three is block off like I can't do oh. anything before three Anything, like anything, like I, I might eat. Literally, I had an appointment with my foot at 4 p.m. like two days ago, and I was like, the, the night before, I was like, okay, cool, tomorrow I'm going to go into town, I'm going to go shopping, and blah, 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 blah. Then I woke up in the morning, remember I had this appointment, I was like, cool, I have no plans for this whole day now because I've got an appointment at 4 p.m. Honestly, it's so weird. It's so weird how your executive function is just like, no. Yeah, literally, no. Can't and you just have home. to go with it because if you try and go against it, you'll be met with so much like internal criticism, whether that's through like your mental space or your body. And it's very, very interesting. Yeah, that's why I find shift work really hard because it's like if I have a shift that is starting later on in the day, yeah. I'm not, I've not got plans for that day. Yeah. And also the reason why I find just work in general, especially shift work really hard, is because it's that when you have just like one day worth of break mm. in six days, my, my brain can't disconnect easy enough. I get hyper-focused. Mm. So I can't disconnect my brain when I'm not at work from work. So mm. I'll go home and if I know I'm in work tomorrow, then I'm dreaming about work all night. And then I go back into work. Don't get me started on the fucking dreams. <laughs> Honestly, no, the dream, like that's, that's yeah. crazy. I want two days off in a row, which I'd never get because I work full time. Mm work like it's I, I can't I never get a break which is mm. why I'm now I'm on a week's worth of holiday and I'm like oh my god I finally feel like I've now got a break for the first time since November you feel like you catch up on yourself and it's so strange it's like your whole my whole entire personality my whole brain just becomes the fact that I am at work and I'm a working person yeah. off in a row it's fucking horrible but that thing as well of, with shift work, like when I used to work at the pub, mm-hmm. um, my shifts would start at like fucking seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And even starting at seven o'clock at night, because I had a shift that day, I did nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Because I had a shift at night. Mm. Ridiculous. Honestly. Um, yeah. But the other thing is that I would say about, um, I'm sorry, I'm like literally just going completely back. No, I, this is, this is, it's education for me, but also education for all the listeners because they can understand, they can like, I think that's, that's a freedom about podcasts. So that's a freedom talking to your mate about, um, neurodiverse, n- neurodiverse people, because it's like, you can understand how it feels, not what you read yeah. on a textbook. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, with the, um, with the medication thing, mm-hmm my everyone around me who I'm with a lot says that they can really see in me when I'm not on it like when mm. I've forgotten it um like obviously like I live with Jack and Ben and they mm. would really be are you taking medication today yeah person, it, like literally day by day I'm a different mm. person if I forget to take it for a bit like for a day or two 
I then will take it again. And the side effects that I first got when I first started having it, I'll get again, which is yeah. really um, But then, like, my family, I see them, like, maybe every few weeks. Um, mm. And obviously they lived with me for my whole life when I wasn't on medication. Mm-hmm. And then when I first went on it, and the first few times I saw them, they were like, wow, it's crazy how much of a difference there is. Yeah. And I went around the other day for my mum's birthday, and I forgot to take it that day. Mm. Um, absolutely pissing ourselves because mm. it was like like oh my god it's exactly how it used to be it's so funny mm. we were just like it's so much and what's really funny as well is um my dad it's, it's hereditary ADHD mm. hereditary, and we all think that my dad probably has it like yeah. his whole everything me and my dad are like the same person mm-hmm. so much stuff that is literally like you can like literally sit in a room five minutes with my dad and you're like that man has ADHD mm-hmm. but I said this to him once and he got um, quite upset about it. I don't know if it's because he's like nearly 60. Mm-hmm. He's got a whole life. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got HD. He's done like loads of degrees, shit like that. And everything. Like I'm pissed off because school would have been easier for me. Yeah. If I, I can't imagine being my dad. 60 years of your life would have been different. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, no, I completely understand what you mean. I think it's, I, I know it is hereditary. <laughs> I also... Like, like you said, like, you wish someone advocated you for a child because they would have helped you. But like, as an adult, you've experienced like generations, like you've experienced like so many different forms of generation. And I don't mean generation in the sense of like that age group, but like you've experienced like um, being in the millennial age, you've been experienced being in the nineties, um, like you've had so many decades of experience that have influenced who you are. So if yeah. you had ADHD to contribute to that factor, it I'm not trying to say there's shame around it, but like I definitely see a difference with like older people talking about ADHD compared to younger people talking about ADHD because there's something like I guess stigmatized in the conversation of neurodivergency. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. It's mud. Everything's mud. But I'm so grateful for this conversation. Honestly, like it's really opened my heart and like opened my eyes to like so many different aspects of ADHD. And I hope that listeners can also um, take advantage of what they've learned today. Um, you know honestly, sorry, go on. What I find so funny is like every time I feel like every time you and me have a conversation, same with like every time like me and Janisha have a conversation. I literally was about to say her name. <laughs> together it is literally true like pill 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 like 100 is there a track that we can stay on because i don't think we ever will oh never but like also i'm so grateful for it because like it's It's weird like no we like it just shows you like we've known each other what maybe like two years or how many like not not complete not very long you know but how is it that i feel so free talking to you um like even before you had been diagnosed and I was trying my, my diagnosis. There was a freedom and conversation. There was like a, a place where we hold space for each other. And it just shows you like, regardless of how long you've known someone, you can just relate to someone and they can be your friend too. Like it doesn't have to be so like, um, methodol- methodological, you know, cause like when you meet friends, Sometimes it's like getting to know people. Da, 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 da. Me and you just jumped straight in it. Same with Janice, yeah. I jumped straight yeah. in it. Like I remember seeing her and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I asked her for a chat. No, I asked her I think, to go for a drink or like go to the pub or something. And then since then we've just became quite close, you know? And it just shows you that like 
the people that are for you will find you and they will hold you and they will give you that um, uh, uh, reciprocity, if that's yeah. the word, that you need. Yeah. Thank I really, you. really enjoyed talking to you in the DMs. Uh, I said it wrong. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed talking to you and decoding the messes. I feel like it's given the listeners a lot of stuff to think about, especially um, with ADHD, because it influences so much of our day and hopefully um, it can resonate with listeners. But to say that, we are taking it to our next segment, which is Tarot Talks. And this is where I give um, a tarot reading to the lovely Eve. We were just having discussion about career and it actually reminded me of an oracle card message that I used last week. The oracle card message said, um, this moment is the most important. Is this how you want to use it? So after reflecting on that oracle card message, I developed the question that I want to ask Spirit, and that is, how can we use this moment and ourselves to enhance our career? So I'm going to shuffle these cards. If you could breathe in and out for me, and yeah, we'll just do the reading. Tell me when to stop when you're ready, okay? Stop. Amazing. Right. So the first of, we've got Knight of, is it then? Sorry, two seconds. No, it is. Okay. So they've got different names in this deck. So basically, the first thing that we have is the Knave of Pentacles. And the Knave of Pentacles um, is also to do with the page. And the page is like a um, younger character within um, their family. But this young character is free from structure, right? They are free from... Um, it's like they haven't been influenced by the world just yet. So they're just going on and like they're just trying their best you know like you know those kind of energies where people like learn on the job yeah yeah so page of um pentacles actually can you you can't really see it but like it's basically oh i'll show you <laughs> the, the great thing is i like this background but it just means that nobody can see shit oh <laughs> really just yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so basically yeah. it's this figure and they're walking um on this entwining path that has mushrooms, they've got a suit on, they've got a pentacle in their hand, and this pentacle is something that they've created. It's also a behavior that they've took to get to this um, experience. And pentacles are to do with like um, earthly um, practical matters. So whether that's um, uh, making something with your hands, whether that is, uh, your career, whether that's your ego, whether it's your health, is everything that's sort of external to you. And I think um, in response to your question, the, the knave of pentacles has turned up because it's an attitude that you need to take to go into your journey. It has to be quite um, fluid. It has to be quite free thinking because it understands that the obstacles that are on your pathway are just um, like steps to get to the next next um, place. I'm gonna pull out some more cards, just some affirmation. Should I use the same deck? Yeah, use the same deck. Okay. I think that's pretty interesting as well though, because like, I was literally thinking like, I literally decided like literally like, yesterday that I'm just gonna apply for jobs and just see what comes. Like mm. I was thinking, oh, should I apply for jobs in this sector, in this sector, in this sector? But like, 
in reality, I don't like, I've got a fucking fine art degree and I don't want to do fine art. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you want to do anything creative? Kind of like, I'd, I'd like to do visual merchandising. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I'm also like, I'm really open to just trying new things and doing that thing of like, like learning on the job. Mm -hmm. I like to do something where you are doing something that you then create something, you put something out there Mm -hmm. rather than just answering some emails. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah, like I just, I'm so willing to just try anything Mm. to like learn a new skill, like just see what, what's out there. I just got the, um, like, a message, sorry, before I forget, like, have you thought about, like, events planning? Have you ever thought about, like, encouraging people to host events? So, that's the one thing I think I wouldn't want to do, because Mm -hmm. the stress of organising and being worried about whether anyone's going to show up. I'm like you, like, I I find social media really hard, and I know that a lot of that would be that. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, something like... um, this might sound really contradictory to what I've said because of social media, but like something like um, advertising or mm-hmm. marketing, something where you're creating, because I really understand like sales, what mm-hmm. sells, um, how to, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, re- I get sales and I get creative stuff. So that's why I'm like, visual merchandising would be ideal. Yeah. Uh, but then like, yeah, things like marketing, advertising, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, or like also like, um, I like things that's like manipulating figures, mm-hmm. like trends. Mm-hmm. And like sure thing. Well, with the Pentacles energy, it's sort of, it's like um, a long-standing energy. It's like, you know, like um, it takes a hundred pennies to make a pound. And like, what are you going to contribute day to day to get to that pound? Um, I want to pull some more cards, Spirit. Okay. Right. Yeah, so there's definitely a conflict in your environment and how you want to change and, like, um, move with that intention. You've got the Seven of Swords and the Five of Pen... No, I'm the Five of Wands. And the Seven of Swords is, like... um, It can be understood as a denial to your truth, but it also can be understood as a... um, You know, like, smoke and mirrors it's like illusions around you and sort of determining what's true. It's like an obstacle with the mind. And like the card is so beautiful. You see like all of these um, like butterflies that are sort of like people. And whenever I see butterflies, I always think about this metamorphosis um, archetype and how like every butterfly was a cocoon. And now you're doing something to change that obstacle to come out and be the butterfly i also think with the five of pentacles no with the five of one sorry it's competing energies in your environment and it's trying to understand what um is worth fighting for so if your question is to do with how can i um how can i enhance my career i would say be fluid in your approach to application i think what you're doing is going to take a lot of like creativity. Oh, sorry, my laptops. I just got a. Let me get that. Okay. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. Like, I just got scared because my laptop was um. Oh, no, Barry. Anyway, so 
I'm just going to use another deck to clarify, but I think the page of um, pentacles is the approach that you're going to have to take to be fluid on your approach to enhance your career. I think there's like loads of mushrooms in this image and it kind of reminds me of like um, being planted, like being grounded in your approach. Like I think mushrooms come in all different shapes and sizes and it's sort of uh, another example of being fluid in your approach. I also think that like the seven of um, swords and the five of pentacles that have come up together kind of ask like, what are you dreaming about? And how are your, how are you limiting yourself with um, the perspectives and opinions of others? Just because like with five of pentacles, with five of wands, it's like competing energy. And then the seven of swords is like, your mental space and it's like maybe your environment maybe your the competing energy of any uh, others or the competing perspectives of others are, are also influencing how you're um uh, making your decision and how you're internalizing the message um spirit can i just have a clarify for this card because this is really resonate with me as well spirit please can i have a clarifier okay are these the clarifiers Okay, I think these are the clarifiers. No, wait, no, they're not. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like trying to hold it. I was like, no, 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 it's gone after me. So Spirit, can I have a clarifier, please? Okay, yeah, so it's definitely a mental um, conflict because look at this guy. This guy is like, oh. <laughs> this guy's like fighting with different versions of themselves and this person has all the swords and all the people are behind him and they're all in different motions of how um, they got their opinion across. Um, you've also got this card, Pejjed with the King of Cups. So I think in any decision-making, I know obviously um, financial matters and material matters are influencing how um, comfortable we can be sometimes and our security, but it also encourages you to like, go with what your heart says and like be more intentional um with the uh jobs that you are going for i understand like you want to try things you want to learn new skills but is there any some could you do like a bottom down approach like is there anything that you're like oh my god this would be absolutely amazing and then work your way down because then you can um put a goal in mind and those skills those perspectives can help you get to where you need to be it's like it's like let's say what's a job that you really really like like that's incredible amazing like wow uh, real housewife staying at home doing <laughs> <laughs> i mean no. i wish we all could probably like visual merchandising visual magic so like let's say you're visual merchandising at a um visual merchandising for a brand that you really 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 fuck with then you could like see if there's opportunities within that brand that you could get experience on or you could even do like a job which um have you worked in retail before well, I mean, <laughs> that's funny but i mean like i mean like you know how there's different like clothes retail um no so maybe it's something like working. Well, to be fair, that's still like shift patterns, really. You can't really do nine to five. Yeah, no, like, that's why I'm like, mm, do I, but like, do I want to do visual merchandising? Because is it shift patterns? But I think, I think it depends. It comes eventually. It's like you work your way up though, isn't it? I think like if you're 
I don't fully know, but like, I feel like I want, like, my, my ideal job would be like the person who sits in the office and creates the plans for a whole like chain of stores. Yeah. Goes into these stores on a fucking not weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, make sure that it's happening right and trains people up in ha- into how to do it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be the 100. person who takes what a store looks like yeah. and then make sure that that's implemented. Yeah. And like to look like that because of manipulating sales figures. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like making sure things are selling correctly. Yeah. No, I completely see that for you. I just think it's how you, um, what your, I guess, clue now is how you go about that process. Because like yeah. even me, I used to work at H&M. So like working at H&M, there was a very like a, um, like a route that you take you can be a sales assistant and then you get experience with the visual people and then you could go to different stores to get some training and it just shows you how like how I was able to get how I could get to one goal for a different way but some people go to college you know some people have there's so many different routes to um uh move through to get to your dream um I'm just pulling um some affirmation cards can you breathe in and out for me Tell me when to stop when you're ready. Amazing. Okay. Right. So I definitely think as you approach these job opportunities, you need to be very compassionate to yourself because the inner critic can get a bit louder. And it's like, you need to make decisions. The first card that we got was I make decisions with the mindset of abundance, abundance, where we make choices knowing that we are blessed, that we will never lack financially or spiritually. We attract more of the things that make us happy. And I think this opportunity is like, um, asking you to dream bigger because we actually got the seven of um, uh, cups at the bottom of the deck and that's like how are your beliefs influencing your decisions like are you acting small and acting shy so that you're not actually reaping the um, wants and the desires that you so need or are you being like oh this will do you know and I think that's why the page of pentacles came up as well because it's being fluid within that approach but understanding that you've got so much wisdom within yourself to um sort of manipulate the process and your experience will allow you to um it's like your job has allowed you to develop experience in different aspects of your life so how can i use that in certain careers maybe you should talk to um uh you is there anybody that you know or any organization i mean i use youtube like there's no tomorrow like just different ways alternative ways ways that might not um seem fit to the eye that you can learn about um getting experience getting um an opportunity to do this for your um career because like the other card, you you got basically three other cards, but one jumped out. And it was like the first one, at the big, big age, wisdom is my friend. Not just the years based on this current time on earth, you have lives of you have many lives of wisdom to access. Use all your ancestral knowing to guide yourself. The next one was my food is seasoned and so is my life. Those who season their food know how to expect the best from life. If there's any areas of blandness in your life, add your unique spice to it. Create a life that tastes amazing. Okay, nice. And then 
I know that's such a good one. And the other one was putting myself first is healthy. We often believe that it's constantly, um, that to constantly put others before ourselves makes us good people. While caring for others is important, we can only help others when we've helped ourselves. Nice. I think, yeah, I would just encourage you to have a fluid approach. Make sure that you're um, not acting small in your desires as well just because like that seven of swords energy is very like um like suppressing you know it's like suppressing and that can be influenced by the people around you or the job around you or the finances around you because we've kind of encouraged in this capitalist society to just do with what we're given but really when we dream and when we like um work in alignment with our desires then we're only going to bring more of them in so yeah, I yeah. Think that's I think that's your reading. How was that for you? That's really like it's really like relevant and like really interesting as well because like that is a thing that I've been really getting in my head about. Like I I want to I want to go into like a career. I I I want that what I described um was something like that. But I'm like I I have a fine art degree that mm-hmm. I did nothing. I've worked in a pub. I've been a babysitter. I've worked mm-hmm. in retail. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I keep, it's like my, my brain keeps almost putting myself down. Of like, you don't have the experience. You don't have like a degree in marketing. You don't have this. You don't have that. Like I've never done a LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm bad at applications. Like mm-hmm. I keep like putting myself down and like, when I'm just like, no, I just need to fucking like put myself out there. I need mm. to like apply for these jobs that maybe I don't have the experience in, but you know, I'm really fucking good at learning on the job. There you go. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm thinking I don't have the experience. I've done so much fucking visual merchandising where I work now. Like, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Experience. And it's like, you've got visual merchandising for a brand that has been quite fluid, you know? Like, yeah, they don't have like, yeah, it's not like clothes. Um, which is like a different sort of telling point but it's like you know the recipe now you're going to have different ingredients you know and you're just going to try and um, adapt your style to um, be in line with the with the company that you're working for but also show a new fresh perspective to it so I, I have faith with you you literally just have like the fact that you got the king of cups out just makes me think that you need to be like um like heartfelt with your decision and like just do something that you enjoy because it's not fair to you to settle and it's not fair to you to like um sort of criticize the opportunities that don't feel for you because they don't know you like you they may need you yeah you know interesting as well sarah like we've been talking about doing this episode for a while now Mm -hmm. right um but now we're doing it right now when I truly got made this decision. I think I've told you about this before. I make like a snap decision about my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I literally about like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, made the snap decision of I need to change my life. I need to change my job. Blah, blah, blah. And it's come at such a time of like, oh my gosh. And now we're doing this. Like, I like, like tarot like, readers. I never get them and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's so like funny that we've been talking about doing this for ages. And now it's come it's at the exact point that I need it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I love yeah. that for you. And I'll take a picture of this and I can even send it to you as well because then you can um, Google the archetypes and then you can see yeah. like how, what's more resonant, what I need more of, what I need to um, appreciate of. But like, if it, that's your tarot reading and it's really nice because like, 
Oh, it's so annoying because when when I send you the picture, you'll understand what I mean. But like in this deck, oh wait, let me see if I can do this. In this deck, it's literally the bottom of the deck. And when you get a card at the bottom of the deck, it's like old energy, right? This is literally like one of herself reflecting with her old self. And the old self is literally like a skeleton. So it just shows you that like whatever outdated belief that you had of yourself or perspective you had on yourself, you're releasing to chase more. Yeah. Uh, amazing that's your tarot reading how beautiful it really resonated with me at one point i was like right is this reading for me or for eve (laughs) but um no thank you so much for um oh my goodness i just that's so jokes i just wrote like i had this card deck for literally um how long maybe like three years or four years and i just realized that the person's tongue is um got like a cash note a 50 dollar bill on it (laughs) <laughs> they're so jokes um, amazing well that takes us to our last segment and the last segment is called the direct message and this is where we're going to leave listeners with a take home message um, what would you like to leave listeners with Ooh. is it is message message related to this yeah but anything like yes and no anything whatever you feel resonated um, to <laughs> I I think just like hmm I want to be like, I just want to say like, oh, oh, right. Don't you worry, don't you worry. I'm stressing. What do I, oh, I'm so bad at, I'm so bad at giving advice. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's absolutely important. What, what, I mean, I can go first if you want. Go on, you, you go first. Think. I'll think. Sure thing. So um, for the direct message this week, I want to encourage listeners to know that they are never lacking. I know that in this world, which is feeling like an apocalypse every single day, <laughs> if I'm honest, um, it's hope, finding hope is exhausting. It really, really is. But it doesn't mean that we aren't worthy of the things that we are desire. Like we need to, uh, this is advice to myself because I know I fall into this like trap, but like we need to release the um opinion of lack we need to release the frustration of lack because even if we are quote unquote physically lacking that means that we know what's going on you know like nothing is ever complete concrete like if i'm complaining at the fact that like i don't have a job right now or i don't have the job that i desire it's like okay right it can motivate me to get the job that I want, but also no, it makes me know where I stand. It's not like there's confusion in the air that I'm like running to. So I think like removing and releasing this um, idea of lack can help us um, understand that we are credible, worthy, wise individuals, and we will be ready for our opportunities. We just need to remove this mindset of criticism and scarcity away from our minds so we can actually do something. Because it can actually be quite um, distracting, uh, like working in lack, and then you get overwhelmed and then you get fatigued. So like, it's a cycle that I'm trying to learn how to avoid. And I think one, I can be a bit more proactive as well as you guys. When let's all hold each other accountable. When um, we can be a bit more proactive with knowing that there's so many opportunities for us that are literally missing us, that want us, that desire us too. We can move through the world with a bit more um, comfort instead of just yeah. 
criticism, you know? So, yeah, we're not lacking, guys. Yeah, well, I know why I was saying that. Okay, amazing. What, what's your direct message? I just want to encourage, encourage everyone to, like, be, like, authentically themselves and not give a shit about what other people think. Like, because mm-hmm. I think that's such a thing that I've always struggled with, worried about, things like that, uh, worrying about what other people think because of this personality that is so um, neurodiverse. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, not not what everyone around you has. Mm. But I just, want it, I just want it, everyone, especially if you're listening to this and you're neuro- neurodiverse, like, just fucking live your life. Don't give a shit about what people think of you. If you make a mistake, apologise for it. Like, if you, mm. if you make a mistake that you don't realise, oh, shit, that's because I didn't realise. Mm-hmm. When you get told, apologise for it, for it, own it. Yeah. Um, but don't apologize for being you don't apologize for being annoying or for not being able to like control your emotions like apologize after if you've hurt someone but don't apologize for for being that for mm. don't apologize for being yourself own yourself do it and let everyone everyone fucking like everyone I know who is neurodiverse is always someone that everyone's like when people talk about them they're like oh my god like fucking Sarah people talk about you so much that sounds so like (laughs) so much of the time people are like oh I miss Sarah so much or like or like to like people who don't know you people are like oh my gosh I can't believe you don't know Sarah um what a fucking angel and like do you know what I mean like it's that that fucking be authentically yourself because that big personality that everyone loves I want to tear up you know Deep. <laughs> but like do you know what I mean like that's why yeah. I want to get across. just fucking be yourself apologize if you have to but don't apologize for being you do you know what I mean 100% and I think it was such a beautiful message thank you so much Eve because like oh. I needed to hear that like listeners needed to hear that and there's such a power in being authentic that I'm just like I'm really like I know, but I'm realizing, you know, and also can I add on to your direct message? Like all the like neurodiverse babes will find each other eventually. Cause think about it. Like even to be fair, it doesn't matter if you're neurodiverse or not, but it's more to say like the people that are for you will find you. Like I've known you for two years, but I feel so close to you. I feel like I can be completely honest with you because you hold that space for me and because we're authentic with each other, you know? And I just think it's such a, um, it's a freeing place to be. So thank you so much for that direct message, Eve. I've loved it. Thank you for so much for coming on my podcast. It's so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, do you have any... I've had so much fun. I'm fucking buzzing after this. Oh, it's, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's gassing. Yeah, like, I'm yeah, so sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there, do you, so are you on, I was going to ask, is there any socials that you have that you could leave listeners with if they want to find you or are you like incognito? I'm not incognito. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I think I'm just called Eve Yanni. Okay, sick. I'll put it in oh. the show notes. Yeah. E-V-E-Y-I-A-N-N-I. Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much. No, you've honestly been absolutely brilliant. And um, our this episode is going to come out, um, I would say, like in a week or in two weeks. So I want to do like a little announcement. So, um, ah, I haven't even told you yet. So for all my Manchester babes, come down to... Actually, oh my goodness, let me rewind that. Let me rewind that because now I'm talking, I don't even really know what it's actually called. <laughs> but I should have, I probably should have done that beforehand, but oh well. Can I just say as well about my um social thing? Yeah. Uh, I was going to be like, oh, don't like 
you can follow me on social media, but I ain't, I ain't, I ain't not special. But I actually have realised I post a lot about ADHD on my story. You do. And a lot of people who are um, like being di- like in the process of being diagnosed or have been diagnosed and things like that message me a lot thanking me for talking about it or like we'll have a conversation about it and stuff like that so if you did want to follow me on instagram if you do have adhd i talk about it all the time and i'm never going to shut up about it because that's the thing that helped me get diagnosed um feels like i'm really different. grateful for it like i'm really it's really helped me also you're bloody hilarious and like i love your polls like i find it so entertaining <laughs> like i will always have time for an Evie yanni poll <laughs> but um honestly no thank you so much like yeah, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Everyone should um, shout Eve. This podcast is going to come out in like two weeks. So I think I have the freedom to like let people know what's happening. For all my Manchester babes, there is a festival called Save Me a Seat. And it's by Switch um, uh, Manchester. And they're having a, I guess, a festival championing um, uh, women and non-binary um, people um from the global diversity no but for the from the global majority in manchester on the 26th and the 27th of march and your girl sarah dm is going to do a live show on the sunday oh my gosh does that mean you're going to be in manchester i'm going to be in manchester i'm going to be in manchester well i'm gonna try and come down for a week but the festival's gonna come the festival's gonna be there for two days i'm so fucking excited i know right so like i wanted to just um well just let people know let listeners know let manchester babes know that um this festival's happening it's also going to be a live show and how amazing is this the live show actually falls on the second year of um dm talks Yes, yes. There's literally like a birthday party. Oh my gosh! Right, I've already written book, but if it's if I'm off, I'm coming. Oh no, or just like I fingers crossed, man. But if not, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you because like I'm just so guest as well. Because oh my fucking god, <laughs> I'm so happy that I saved this to the end because seeing your reaction is honestly priceless. Um, no, I'm really, really excited and it's like an opportunity to meet the like, like-minded creatives. It's an opportunity yeah, well, to showcase my talent. That's so sick as well. That's so, so sick. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm really excited. I think the venue is, like, the venue's an actual theatre, so it's going to be really cool. Like, I'm not sure my exact, um, what I'm going to exactly do, but it's just so sick that we can have a live show for DM Talks because, like, this is something that I've been dreaming about, let alone the fact that it just hand landed in my lap like this. So yeah. thank you, God. Thank you, Spirit. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? Which theatre is it? Um, it is at... Um, 52 532 cool it, oh wait no that's actually I'm lying so it's yeah. at oh no no it is at 53.2 but I'll put all of this um, like I'll, I'll be promoting it soon um, Eve's actually the first person to find out that I'm doing this because like I because the thing is with me like I don't say shit and then when I say shit I'm like hey guys like I get really nervous <laughs> and shy so like I'm just really excited that we're going to be able to do it and it's going to be a great show like, I can feel it like it's going to be so exciting and like just be around Manchester people like be in Manchester one but then be around my people like it's been it's been a minute I've missed everyone so um yeah you've heard it here for, first listeners if you're in Manchester come and visit me and come to the first live show Woo! Yeah, you can get the listeners 
at the end of March, Eve and Sarah are back together. <laughs> Literally, like it's going to be sick. We're going to have to take pictures. We're going to be like, hey guys. But um, no, thank you so much for everyone who's listened today. I've absolutely loved the conversation I've had with Eve. Um, you can follow the Instagram at DM. No, you can follow the podcast Instagram at dm.talks. Um, you can um, check out my new website. Yeah, I launched a new website. So if you guys want to book a tarot reading with me or you want to know um, about my wellness insights, I've even got this thing called music meditations at the moment where I curate playlists for any mood. So um, yeah, check it out. It's www.dmsera.com. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Without, I think that's it. But thanks guys for listening. I shall see you guys next week. Bye. Yeah.